Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And today on, on this podcast, we're going to the, well, I'm sure they're kind of mountainous and maybe sunny and maybe snowy coming up, Fort Collins, Colorado, where we're going to talk with a bear of a man, Kurt Bear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we just barely scratched the service on this i i we gotta stop it with the bear the bear puns right here i gotta nip it in the in the bud so kurt really took off on that one big question i asked him it this is this one if you're gonna listen to an interview wherever you sit in you know political spectrum or societal spectrum kurt has some really interesting thoughts and, and, and things to consider about the future and so we go from Colorado to North Dakota to even to Washington, D.C., briefly. <laughs> <laughs> so you better listen to Thanks this. for the clarification. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking Washington State, but, but D.C. So this was fun to chat. Kurt has done it all. He's been a, I think he, he had a, what do they call him, a food van, food truck. He had a handlebar mustache. I don't know if he said that on the podcast or not. I don't think he did, but he should have. We did. So it's all, it's all good. He had a handlebar mustache. So what I, you know, the one thing that I wish I had asked Kurt is how was it in elementary school when they would read his name alphabetically, right? So then, you know, Adams, Scott, you know, Bear, Kurt. I, I love that, you know, that the teacher would have to read out that you're a bear. I, yeah, I, I, awesome. I really cool. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's go to the interview and stay tuned because yeah, there's some big ideas get dropped in this one. Good to talk with you, Kurt. I have to say, just just for our listeners' uh, advantage here, I kind of want to be wherever it is you are. There's plants all around. There's a little bit of kind of wood vibe. There's um, what is that like a paisley pattern on the curtain you're wearing yeah, green yeah, i mean we got some good stuff going on here we got the lime it, tree in the corner yeah a lot of windows chill. here so explain your space first sure well i've just got uh a sunny corner at the college uh corner of college and willow here in uh north old town fort collins basically a conference room and a small conference room that serves as an office for myself and my team and uh got a hammock hung in the corner in the sunny window here for the uh, sunny afternoons after lunch, uh, quick nap now. And uh, yeah, all the plants, uh, it doesn't take a green thumb when you've got plenty of sunlight, so. Is it, so is there, a, is there a sign up sheet for the hammock? <laughs> no, you do have to be welcome here uh, and not in my way of using the hammock, but otherwise it's, it's open, <laughs> open game. Love that. So you, you kind of, um, mentioned it before we started the interview today that you ended up in Fort Collins as a banker. And so I'm going to I'm going to kick the ball over to my teammate here cuz I know nothing about the financial industry. Do you have any smart questions Randy? Oh, I thought yeah, yes, I thought that was going to be your partner Randy there. Um <laughs> it banking, is. you know, you know, banking was a uh, a great way to learn about business, a great way to learn about economics and uh have a better understanding of money. Uh, I always thought I would be a banker until I 
you know, had enough resources and uh, had a good enough idea to have my own business. And uh, that never really happened, but uh, somehow I ended up with one anyway. So, so Kurt, let's understand who and what bankers can do for business people. Every time I have dealt with bankers, they want to see business plans and P&Ls and balance sheets. And it's good for me because I know how to do all of that stuff. But what do bankers do with it? Yeah, well, you know, they try to, I guess, evaluate the sustainability and especially the uh, repayment ability of businesses. And for me, when I was a banker, you know, we all have the same thing to sell. And so I really the earliest sprouts of, of my business, Loco Think Tank, came from that <coughs> by getting under the hood of lots of businesses, understanding them, spending a lot of time in finance and numbers. I could help them understand better. And as I came to understand their best practices, this new software, this method of training, I would begin to filter that information to other people who perhaps weren't using those best practices in their businesses, sometimes by making introductions, other times just by telling stories of, hey, I see you doing it this way. I saw this other person doing it this other way, and it seemed to work better. So why don't you try that, Mr. Jones? So bankers are really not the department of no, they're the department of we can help you. Fair, yeah. And uh, I think anybody that thinks that they're just like the smartest one and they have all the answers hasn't learned enough yet to recognize that you know it takes lots of smart ones to build an enterprise and to and to make good decisions so uh i i think randy's a little nuts i tell him all the time uh and he calls me wacko so that makes three crazy guys here on this conference where did you get that name loco and is it because you're a little crazy <laughs> you know it's uh it stands for local community think tank oh so there is and no so crazy involved well that's what i uh it stands for loco but that's also make you crazy if you don't talk to somebody about your small business and uh make your spouse crazy if you ask them what you should do next because uh, they don't really know but it was i was moments away from registering noco which is northern colorado think tank and then thought you know what what if what if this could grow beyond northern colorado i best uh come up with a little different name and my uh, my friend had started Loco Food Distribution some years before, and so I called her and said, hey, can I steal your name? It's kind of cooler than the one I had in mind. And so uh, there we are, Loco Think Tank. Love that. A slip, a slip of the letter, and you've got a completely different, different name. That's killer. And so how often do you find yourself, you've got a podcast called Loco also, how often do you find yourself talking about like quite seriously, like mental illness or, or that kind of thing. Cause I mean, it is a big piece of entrepreneurship. We talk to people about sort of totally. addiction to entrepreneurship, losing everything, all this it's, it's, uh, yeah. So how about that piece? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I invited my marriage counselor to be a member of the second think tank chapter I started. And that's really part of our fabric. Although the first marketing branding expert I hired was like, don't emphasize the crazy, um, but we just acknowledge it. We acknowledge that owning a small business, running a small business is something that puts you in a special place of there's nobody to tell me what to do, which I think is part of the reason for the attack on small business interests and things like that in our society. They, there's a lot of people that want to tell us what to do. And so when there's nobody to tell you what to do, getting the perspective of other people 
folded into your world is is really an important thing. So, Kurt, you, you've used the term think tank a couple of times. I want to understand what a think tank actually is. Well, in our context, it's it's different than a bunch of know-it-alls that are smart at this thing or these things, and they say, everybody vaccinate your children or whatever. I don't want to get it political, but, you know, where it's just one group of people saying, here's what we should do. We are instead more like a board of directors. So I'm the founder of Loco Think Tank. Uh, I'm the talent spotter, uh, much like in banking. I want to get the good customers and keep out the riffraff. And so my job is to kind of collect particularly talented, growing, capable small business owners and put them into a once a month forum, along with a, we call them the local facilitators. And, and the facilitators are people who have been there, done that. Many of them are retired or semi-retired. They've had a successful business exit or maybe more than one. They don't want to start another business, but doing nothing with their brain all day isn't that fulfilling. And so that's our model is we build a board meeting slash support group experience for business owners for once a month meetings guided by a veteran business owner that's there more for the joy of it than the money and the purpose fulfillment. And uh, so, yeah, that's our business model. We've got 10 chapters around Northern Colorado that are ranging of different size business owners um, that, that run our, our machine. So speaking of, uh, how, what's the connection here? Speaking of machines, plants, beards, uh, Kurt has a great beard. The last name Bear, which we haven't even mentioned. Let's talk about bears and North Dakota. So I grew up partially in Minnesota. So we can okay. slide into a little bit of uh, northern accent here if you want. Oh, but I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to hear more about how did you end up in North Dakota? What do you think about kind of the similarities between there and Colorado, the differences? Yeah, any of that stuff, how you grew up, sure. all those things. Well, I, I have a very special provenance, first of all. I was born in 1974, which is the year of the tiger. And I'm a Leo because I'm an August birthday. And so I'm lions and tiger and bear. Oh my. Um, and, uh, That's pretty good. But, that, is, that a, <laughs> is that a pickup line or is that a... Is it a, could be. No, I've been married <laughs> pretty for almost impressive. 20 years. Yeah. I, just, uh, okay. I just learned about 1974. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, a very different experience for me. I grew up, I, I like to say I graduated with a, uh, a comprised the top 20th percentile of my high school class. So it was very rural North Dakota where I grew up. That was multiple schools that merged during the course of my elementary and high school years. And just a very rural environment, very liberty loving, but with social concern over each other. Cold. One of the mottos that I. You mean cold? Yeah, go ahead. And very cold, yeah. Um, that also keeps the riffraff <laughs> off, they say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and so uh, ask of your needs and share of your abundance has been one of my themes. And when you've got a small community, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, there's, you, you kind of know who's got what resources and you know if, if somebody's got a bunch of kids and he can't keep them all working on their farm because it's just not a big enough farm then the other farmers call that guy and say hey can i put your boy tommy to work he seems like he's mature enough and old enough and whatever and so when you get at these bigger societies like fort collins it's a lot more challenging sometimes to know what the resources are and what your needs are and things like that so i i can see i can see young kurt seven years old just starting to grow the beard in. 
And Mrs. Smith is his, what, second or third grade teacher says to him, Kurt, what do you want to do? And Kurt stands up and says, I want to create a think tank. Is, is that how, how it went down? Just about, yeah. No, I, you know, I always, I wrote in my journal when I was in about 10th grade how I would start some kind of a commune thing or something, a, a society that was isolated from the rest of the crazy world or whatever and just kind of self-sustainable. And I think bigger now, I think communities and regions can be more self-sustainable. We see already the the disruption to our lives that's coming with the supply chain challenges and things. And truth is, we don't need a lot of the things that we get from far, far away at all. And if we do need them, we could probably get them from far, far closer and, and, and be okay with it. And that's not a not to speak against trade, I definitely am a believer in trade and, and, and sharing when one has abundance and et cetera, but we're very fragile when we're so interconnected as well. And so I like the idea of building communities of strength within themselves and not necessarily dependent upon others, and including business communities that, you know, in challenging times or in, in easy times, if there are such things, rely on the wisdom of shared experience to help guide them um, along the way. And uh, because that's really all we're, we're doing around here in this planet is, is providing for and relying on one another and getting on Facebook and whatnot. <laughs> Kent has a very interesting story about uh, the blind leading the blind. And I'm always interested when I listen to people talking about shared wisdom that is great if there is actually wisdom in the room. How do you prevent your think tanks from becoming the blind leading the blind? Well, I think one thing that I would share is that, you know, I don't think of intelligence and, and we don't, and I don't think anybody should. It's just like a number. I'm a 110, I'm a 90, I'm 130 or whatever. But instead, some people are very strong in financial understanding. Some people are very strong in psychological understanding. Some people build a very good team. Some people are process engineers and other people are visionaries that couldn't create a process if it slapped them upside the face, you know? And by getting these different kinds of people together, we can be nine, nine, eight, nine, nine, seven, you know, or whatever, instead of ups and downs on those various scales, you can have the people that are smarter at one thing weigh into those things and, and by that help grow people's understandings and those things that they're not as strong in because almost all of us have, have strong suits and, and weak spots. So I think Randy cued me there. So I, <laughs> I, was, I was in uh, living in Northern Italy for a time and there's this beautiful monastery down the street. We'd always hear the bells ringing. It's just an amazing experience. So we were there one Sunday and we we're just kind of walking around and all of a sudden, my wife and I looked across the street, and there were <laughs> this, this amazing line of three or four, not even four, uh, blind folks. And the, the guy in front was leading the others around this intersection. And clearly, he knew where he was going, right? And it quite literally was the blind leading the blind. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing because it, it just totally spat in the face of that whole <laughs> that whole way of thinking it's like, <laughs> right as long as the blind knows where they are hey they probably know the best how to lead the other blind folks right yeah well and that actually speaks really well to our model because i do have an experienced hand 
in our smaller groups of, of mostly younger business owners, there's somebody that's running a very well operating 15 or 20 person business. And that's where that two or three person business wants to get to. So they've been there, done that. But I also coach my facilitators up a lot into not being the coach or the answer provider, but you're the facilitator. So your job is to ask good questions that take advantage of the strengths of the, of the people in the room, but don't necessarily lead them as much as let them lead themselves with your good questions and your maybe gentle proddings here and there when they might be missing something. So thanks. That's a great reference. I'll, uh, I'll keep that in mind when I think about the blind leading the blind in the future. One of the things that I've always that I've thought a lot about within the corporate realm today, there's a lot of talk about corroborative thinking, collaborative working. A lot of it, the employees believe they should have a, a say in the way the business operates. And when I look at this modern thinking, it falls down and fails because not everybody has equal access to all the information that allows them to make the right decisions. In a think tank environment, how do you ensure that the advice that is given the or the parameters of the advice that is given is kept within a, an area of this is just an idea to consider. It's not really necessarily the perfect solution. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, you know, one of my advisory board members is, a, is an insurance agent. And uh, along the way into the membership, you acknowledge that, hey, your decisions are your own and you're getting perspective and advice from our group. But, but we're not accountable to your bad decisions, even if we help you make them. So there's a proper disclaimer there. But it's hard to overstate the power of shared wisdom when people have, you know, when, when there's lots of people with 10 or 20 years of experience, they've seen things, they've learned things, they might not know everything, but, but if, if eight out of 10 people are nodding their head with regards to a certain strategy or a certain decision point, even if it's the wrong answer, at least it gets you off your schneid and you go do something. And then if you find out that it was the wrong answer, usually it isn't fatal and you can go back and make a different decision later. So that's part of it is, is just facing pressure to make decisions and, and engage those decisions. And even if you make mistakes once in a while, at least you've got that, that support there to, to lick your wounds uh, and, and move forward. But at least you're moving because there's so much indecision and so much procrastination in small business that they just sit there and don't make decisions a lot of times. And so even to the extent that we've supported bad decisions, I don't apologize because at least you got to moving on it. You said, to get off your what? Your schneid. The schneid, that's the uh, zero point. Uh, if you got, you know, 25 to nothing in a football game, you're on the schneid and you got to get off the, the schneid, schneid field goal is or that, something. Is that schneid. Yiddish? Uh, I don't, it, maybe it, it is. It, in German, German. Schneiden is a cut. In German, it means like cut. Schneiden. That's funny. I'd never heard that. I guess Randy's like I nodding along. I think he knows it, but. No, nope. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's S C H N E I D. It's like the, electric. It's a, yeah, I like it. I like it. So tell us about Bear. I mean, we, we've we've gotten away with it this far. How did you get the last name Bear? It, it's the coolest last name. People probably anticipate <laughs> if they've never seen you that you're my size. I'm six seven and big. But like, are you? How are you a bear of a human? And how did you get that name? Well, I'd assumed. Uh, that it was a, a misspoken German 
last name for a long time. There's B-A-E-R's and B-E-H-R bears, and I thought somebody just wrote it down wrong. Um, but it turns out it's an old English name, and my family's been in the, they moved to New York back in the 1750s. And they were very unsuccessful. There's like a little clump in Indiana and a little clump in North Dakota. Um, but otherwise, there's very few bears around the country. You know, I couldn't tell you the exact provenance. I haven't necessarily done the, uh, the family tree examination, but my father tells me that that's the, uh, even though I'm, I'm only probably 10% or less English heritage, um, the, the forename came through. So I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people assume I might be Native American or it's just a nickname or whatever, but, uh, but no, it's just a, it's an easy way to be remembered. For sure, I love it. And, uh, I love it. By the way, uh, Randy, I couldn't grow a beard until I was about thirty, and uh, but then it came in spades, and my hair started thinning. So, so, so you were a, you used to be a bear bear, and now you're a bearded bear. Correct. Yes, that's a bad <laughs> pun, but I, I I apologize. Yeah. So, all right, looking towards the future, I mean everything's changing right i mean it's like we're at the we're at one end of a, a a huge pivot where are we going next i mean i've even heard that this is the this is the next turning you know since the uh industrial revolution we're in a new one what what do you see moving forward in the world yeah gosh that's a awfully big question you know <laughs> it's big <laughs> i think i think it can go it can turn in one of two ways really i think that it can turn like as you say the power is more in the people and that institutions of power and things will have less to do people like nobody wants to be in wars and stuff it's really just the governments and the power concentrations that choose to get into these kind of fights we've got you know bitcoin is fragmenting what money is to people and how people can pay and trade and there's you know, you can buy and do commerce with anybody, and yet you should still choose to localize a lot, I think. That said, there's, you know, clearly, I was reflecting the other day, would you rather have a authoritarian democracy or a loose and diverse republic? And, and I'm not sure everybody understands the difference, but I do. And I would rather have a loose and diverse republic a thousand times fold. So, but I think you see the, you know, even the Jamie Dimon saying Bitcoin is nothing to worry about. It's, it's fake money and stuff. They're losing their grip on power. And I don't know if it'll be, frankly, I don't know how bloody it'll be on a global scale. You know, if the U.S. doesn't get back into people desiring a republic, you know, to some extent, I think the Trump presidency helped liberals to see that maybe a super powerful president isn't what they want, you know, a super powerful central government. And I would really love the states to come to an agreement that, you know what, this lots of power in the states, little power in the federals, and to allow for a diverse union of states again with a limited federal government is the way to keep our union together. Or there's there's likely fragmentation as the the super bankrupted states pass legislation because they've got the numbers that bails them out to the better of all you know and texas and north dakota and others will be like texas will be like i'm out and then north dakota is like we're with texas and so will kansas and, and i don't know how it'll all shake out but there's there's a fragmented union coming if if they don't loosen the grip from washington dc i guess is what i would say and europe's the same way like 
France is all nuclear, Germany is all gas, Belgium's stuck in the middle with half of their power coming from nuclear, but they've promised to stop using it because it's somehow so bad, which I don't understand. It's kind of the whole economy, the economic notions of, you know, taking power from the wind, which moves our water around in our globe and turning that into power instead of all these, you know, dinosaurs that have been preserved for us in the form of oil or whatever. It's just asinine to me. And it's saying to the developed world, you can suffer. We're going to make ourselves suffer alongside you. And, uh, and I just don't like it. I'd rather, I'd rather see humans be free to be free. And even if we, you know, mess up this thing of the earth, I think we'll figure out how to, how to, how to figure it out better than having a control structure that's capable of deciding who gets energy and who doesn't. That just seems asinine to me. Sorry, small rant. That's right. Through, throughout history, um, people have been proven to be able to, when they join together without government interference, have been able to find solutions to all major problems. And you've provided, you're providing solutions to local small businesses to help them overcome major problems. So as we close out this interview, maybe you'd like to tell us who you would really like to connect with and how they can do that. Yeah, thanks. Well, I know that your audience is, is a lot broader than mine, especially in terms of geography. Right now, we're just in the northern Colorado Front Range. My magnetism and connectivity hasn't proven to scale very well yet, and that's one of the puzzles we're trying to solve. Um, however, I do believe that, that wherever there are purpose-driven high achievement business veterans that would like the role of becoming a loco facilitator, that we will get to the place where we can train them how we do it and help them launch a chapter in their community and add value in that way. I don't think we're ready to have that program yet, but in the meantime, folks should listen to our, our loco experience podcast where we're pulling out stories and business learning in the long format, also talking some philosophy and politics and economics and family and faith. So learning about those stories from Northern Colorado, we're a, I think we're a bastion of innovation, as, as you might see, and a great place to live. And I used to think that we were, you know, a state that really uh, preferred liberty um, over authoritarianism. And I'm optimistic that uh, we can turn again toward that direction. Um, but yeah, those are the ways that, that you can support and, and just keep your eye on us. We're going to be all over the place in due time, but I'm, I'm not intended to grow so fast that I tip it over or break it because it's more important to me that we keep a strong foundation than we build a tower quickly, <laughs> if you will. And we want to build it broad anyway. We're not trying to reach to the heavens. We're just trying to make a strong foundation for small business people in every community. And where can they find you online? Uh, you, you mentioned the podcast. Oh, yeah. But... Sure, yeah. The uh, Well, locothinktank.com. That's L-O-C-O thinktank.com. The Loco Experience podcast, you can get on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. I'm Loco Noco Bear, if you want to follow my Instagram. I have mostly food pictures and sometimes my dog. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can find us anywhere. LinkedIn, I'm very popular as well. So just look for, for any bears on LinkedIn and you'll probably find Kurt because there ain't that many. I wasn't interested until all of a sudden you started talking about your dog and food. Now I'm definitely going to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you but, follow me, Ken. I'm pretty easy. Really fun to talk. 
I love that you, you went there. I, I challenged you to go big and you went big. So it was really fun to talk with you and to uh, throw some big giant uh, boulders around. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, you guys. And uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. Thank you, Kurt. It was great having this interview with you. I really wanted to warn you before you answered that big question that Kurt asked. I wanted to warn you that you better get this answer right or else you'll lose credibility. Um, I'll let the listeners work that out. So you said that Kurt asked, but it was Kent that asked it. But I like I like that you made that mistake because I didn't tell Kurt that my entire life people have said Kurt instead of Kent. And I probably should have brought that up because it's kind of, we have sort of a kindred thing going on. You probably should have brought that up because then I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> it's okay, um, uh, Richard. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> um, that's my brother. What's actually, is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I have a question for you there. I, I think you knew this, but my, my college nickname was Rusty. And you're Randy, so we actually could kind of go by the names Randy and Rusty. It might be a little over the top. It's kind of, yeah. I really prefer the Professor and the Geek. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Speaking of the Professor and the Geek, come check out all the stuff that we offer to folks. And uh, you can find that at, um, what is it, uh, eelslap.com? Well, if they don't pay their buck for crazymba.com, we can redirect them. There. We actually do that. So come check out crazymba.com. We redirect people to eelslap.com. Again, we should do a disclaimer here. No idea who owns that URL, but it's pretty funny. So check it out. You just got to hit the right button. And if you're dead serious about building your business, come check us out at thoughtpartnergroup.com and um, we'll get out of your hair. Yeah, that sounds fair. Look at that. I'm a poet and don't know it. <laughs>